Welcome into the Dad Verb Podcast, where we chat about parenting from the lens of a dad, episode number five. Uh, on today's show, we're going to be chatting about kids and video games. This is something that we chatted about previously as a kind of like a soft launch pilot episode before we officially launched this podcast. And we felt like this would be a good topic to revisit in a little bit more depth uh, with a couple different voices because we're, we're joined by more than just Ben here today, which we'll get into in a, in a little bit. But uh, after that, we're going to chat about kids and uh, uh, their exposure to cannabis, which uh, saw an alarming article that uh, we'll dive into a little bit. And then we're going to chat about the biggest change that we've experienced as new dads. Uh, and then after that, we're going to finish off with a little bit of a draft. I'm surprising the guys right now. They had no clue that we're going to do a draft, but we're going to draft our favorite video games from our childhood. Uh, so you go, you guys just start trying to brainstorm about that right now. I know I just sprung that on you, but uh, we'll draft that. Uh, but let's go ahead and just uh, announce uh, or introduce our, our guests here. So obviously we got Ben in the house. Ben, uh, week two as a dad of two. How you doing, man? Good, good. Doing uh, doing really well. Uh, little girl <laughs> is starting to sleep a little bit better and Ooh. our son is getting adjusted. So we're uh, we are surviving the first two weeks. There you go, man. Let's go. Uh, and then we have uh, joining us today in this, today's episode is going to be Andrew Saunders. Now, this is a guy who's been part of our father figure community basically from the start. He's one of our mods in our Discord. Uh, he's just been a really awesome voice uh, in our community, and uh, we wanted to have him on the show. Um, this is his first time. Probably won't be his last time. He'll hop on, in and out. And, you know, we do plan on having different types of guests, uh, different experts uh, in and out of the show as we move forward. But this is our first guest here. You know, we got Andrew here. Andrew, do you want to introduce yourself and tell mm -hmm. them where you're from and, and just tell them a little bit about your family? Yeah, I'm Andrew. I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, I'm originally from the Midwest, so I'm, I'm a transplant out here. I've got one daughter who just turned a year in February and a second daughter who will be here in April. Um, so I'll be exhausted and trying to figure out how Ben did it watching these podcasts going how 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 was he okay Congratulations, about a month man. yeah so that'll be fun i did i did just want to like check in with with ben uh for week two you know broader sense of where you're at baby sleeping a little bit better how's mom doing how are you holding up good good um you know, we are getting out and about, so it's uh, it's nice to be out in the real world. And, um, you know, we had our first kid during kind of at the height of COVID in August of 2020. Um, so we really didn't get a lot of time to go out and sort of experience the world in the first couple of weeks. So it's a little bit strange, um, but it's nice to, to get out and have some coffee dates and, you know, go on lunch dates and, and really enjoy the outside world. Um, seeing a lot of family um, and really just getting the family adjusted to having two. Um, you know, as we talked about on the last podcast, I, I think the, for us at least, and, and I talked to some other dads today who this was not the case, unfortunately, but for us, the jump from zero to one felt harder than the jump from, uh, one to two, just in terms yeah. of like energy loss and feeling like, you know what you're doing. Um, yeah. so this has been a, a, you know, definitely a blessing. We're super excited about it. Um, it's cool watching our, our son be a big brother. Um, and we're just adjusting to that new family dynamic. Man, it's 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 a really cool thing to be able to see the the interaction between like oh wow I've made two little kids and then just seeing them like yeah. engage with one another and and truly to like become siblings is really cool. Uh, Andrew, uh, have you been able to celebrate first birthday for first baby yet? For first child? No, no, no. We already had it. We did the first birthday. Um, What'd you guys do for that? So <laughs> I told everybody it was more a party for my wife than my child. 
Because um, <laughs> realistically, yeah, it, yeah. it really was. Like, the kid was... <laughs> She was great. She had a blast, but she was kind of clueless that it, she was having a birthday party. Um, <laughs> but we did a sh- we did like a charcuterie board table system. I'm a big food guy, and so we made a bunch yeah. of treats, and all the adult friends came over. And then um, for her birthday, I bought her one of those like princess castle fold up. You know, the the only thing I can think of is like a car sunshade where they all twist up into like the little rings and they go into a bag. Mm-hmm. We got her a princess castle one of those. And I filled it with rubber balls. And so all the kids were like basically destroying this princess castle ball pit. Um, <laughs> and she was having a blast just like sitting in the middle of it. Um, so that was entertaining. But did, did you guys I, do a smash cake? I don't cake? know how you get a smash cake video. We tried. I made a cake. It failed miserably. She had no intention of eating the... Uh, the ricotta and raspberry cake I made her. Dude, um, you went super it, nice oh, and frou-frou. Oh, wow. it was amazing, all right? Like, I'm doing it right, but she was like, no. Nope, I'm done. Frosting's good. I don't, like, and she just kept touching it and eating the frosting. It was like, kid, smash, come on. Did you, did you guys uh, put a candle on there to, for her to blow out? We, yep, we had a one-year candle. Um, and she grabbed the fire did, or no? She didn't grab the fire, actually. She was pretty good about that. She did attempt to blow because I'd been working on like, okay, blow, right, Um, (laughs) for a couple days. And so she tried it and it didn't work. But um, yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was first birthday. Like I said, it was more for my wife than it was for my daughter. I think she would have been just happy with, you know, a couple arrowroot cookies and and the ball pit, frankly. But (laughs) update updates from my end. I last season, uh, I, I, I stepped in to coach my son's soccer team and I, I had a little bit of trepidation about that. Uh, but we actually ended up going fully undefeated and it was like a really fun thing, uh, to be able to coach like four or five year olds and like watch them improve and like learn the game of soccer, even though I'm I, I, that's not like my primary like sport of choice, but it was still cool to like watch them grow and teach kids. It was, it was really cool. But, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know. I'm just stuck in it now because my, uh, my, my, so eldest Henry, he um, last season was indoor. And now we're starting the outdoor league again. And um, it, the way it works in our in our area is like you know parents have to step up and volunteer to coach. Uh, they, they're not like assigned a coach, and no one stepped up. So I'm like, you know what? I guess I guess this is me. All right. So I had to you know design like all the uniforms and all that. <laughs> uh, and we just had our first game, and I was just I didn't know because like it, it's kind of all different kids. Um, some of them have played with each other, but they're these new kids, and they're just like dominant like these kids like dominated this other team it was like it was i felt bad but it was like literally like 21 to to one it was unbelievable so um really excited for this soccer season but it's just been fun like rules in your league right no yeah well i i i I tried to instill my own of just like when there was a breakaway i'm like okay slow it down pass it pass it and they would just just rocket it into the goal i'm like i don't know how to and i felt bad like i could see the other sideline across from me like the parents just like being a little bit discouraged and it really like hit my heart i was like oh no because i've been in that where like uh we we were on a team where my kids team sucked and 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 it's not like a a competitive thing because no one's keeping score but like low-key you're keeping score uh and you're always keeping score oh you're always always the dads always know who won right yeah uh yeah so that's the update with all three of us let's roll into our first topic here and it's again again it's going to be a revisit of a topic that we talked about on our youtube channel not fully you know 
on on this podcast yet, but it's going to be the effect of, of video games and kids. As dads, I think one of us, one thing that a lot of us like to do is game, right? We, we like to play video games, whether mm-hmm. that's mobily on PC or on console. We are in a generation where we, you know, kids are exposed to games and screen time more than ever. But now we have to toe this tricky line of how much is too much, right? Because, you know, we do use tablets and screens as, as you know, as, as a tool sometimes. You're kind of just like, hey, we need a bit of a break. This is great. But sometimes it can go a little bit overboard. And uh, I just want to open that that up to you guys. What are your thoughts on kids and video game? Is it good? Is it bad? What's too much? What's too little? Yeah, so no real changes in opinion from the last time we had the the conversation. I think it's a really good one to have. And it's one where there's, I don't really think there's a right answer. Um, you know, I think there's, there's the the optimal answer probably from a, from a developmental perspective, from a psychology perspective, from a child development point of view. Uh, but then there's sort of the, the reality real world, you know, what are your kids actually experiencing? Um, and what right. do you experience in the home and what is your, your home environment actually look like? Um, you know, I think for us, we look at video games and screen time as sort of two things. One, it's something that we share as a family. Um, so if we're watching a movie or we're doing something together, uh, we try to, as much as we can, engage while we're watching the movie. Uh, so, you know, my son's like really into watching Frozen right now, like both one and two. He loves both of the movies. But instead of just sort of plopping him down and letting him watch it, we'll like ask him questions and talk with him about the movie. So he kind of has to tell us about the story while it's happening. Um, you know, I know that's not specific to video games, but I think where that starts to lead into is when you think about video games and their influence on kids, you can have a positive influence on your kid using video games. One, if you're engaging while they're playing the game and two, if the game is appropriate for them to play and appropriate being really kind of your call as a parent. Um, but you know, for example, the, the things that our kid plays, he's two and a half he might play like some developmental games, right? Like it's going to be puzzles. It's going to be learning colors, shapes. Um, you know, he's not playing first person shooters. He's not playing um, anything super, uh, super fast moving. Um, specifically because we want him to have the experience of, yes, I'm using an electronic device because that's going to be probably an integral part of his life. Um, but he's doing something that's going to, help his brain develop and and help him develop the characteristics that that we think will be important moving forward you know okay and before we get into andrew's take here i i do want to mention i i failed to uh set this up properly the thing that kind of kick-started this conversation was when house of highlights which is a, a very popular instagram account they posted a a quick reel of a uh, a three-year-old a three-year-old absolutely crushing it on Call of Duty on his tablet. He was going super fast. He was shooting, sniping, and just actively just just managing a, a, a very complex game very well for a three-year-old. And on one hand, you know that is a really cool thing to see. It's like, oh wow, man, this kid's really crushing it. But on the other, it's like, man, he's that's that. What is that doing to his brain? And that's kind of like the where, where kind of this, this conversation started. So when Ben referenced, you know, um, the types of games, not so much first person shooters, but different kind of, you know, learning types of games, uh, that's, that's kind of some context as to where, uh, 
we were kind of um, getting this conversation started from. Anyway, uh, Andrew, uh, what are what are your thoughts on this, man? So, I mean, I have a one year old, right? She's not playing video games yet. Sure, but but she's watching Coco Melon. <laughs> she's not actually <laughs> she she watches a lot of uh whatever i'm watching so uh law and order yeah. um is one of her favorites right now uh a little what what did we finish the other night um she watches very inappropriate shows for one-year-old now that i'm thinking about it but i was trying to think of this in context of my best friend's kids because he's got five and they mm. now they're eight to 16 but when it was really a question there, his youngest was four and we were playing Diablo three on the switch and his four-year-old was playing Diablo three with us. Diablo three mm. is a mature rated game, right? There is nudity. There is blood. There is it, like, it talks about Satan. I mean, it is not a kid friendly game, but yeah. his logic was she doesn't understand it. She doesn't have a context. Hmm for the game. And when she yeah. asks questions, we talk about them. Right. Okay. And she was learning motor skills. Um, like she was learning how to use her thumbs and fingers together and, and be ambidextrous about it. Right. Yeah. And that kind of led me back down the rabbit hole of, I want to say it was 2019, 2020, a Singapore group published a study where they had done a longitudinal study that showed violent video games. Didn't make kids violent. Right. Um, yes. They, I mean, they followed kids for 10 years. They played Grand Theft Auto. They played all of these games. And it turns out that there's, there's no what they call. Yeah, there's no correlation. Right. A violent right. kid is either a violent kid or they're not. And mm -hmm. the video game had nothing to do with it. But what they did show was there was uh, they called it pinging. Penning. I forget what the word was, but effectively it was they might show violent tendencies shortly after they played the game for that that moment and my brain immediately went mm -hmm. oh yeah every time i watched a ninja movie i was a ninja for the next half an hour 100 and every time i go to a fast and furious right. movie as an adult i drive out of that parking lot like there's no tomorrow <laughs> until i hit the freeway and i go oh, maybe i shouldn't do that uh, like, tickets are expensive right exactly right. <laughs> right so i think that's the important takeaway for me and what i'm gonna try and target with my daughters is it's not about the content of the game Right. The content of the game always allows me as the parent to educate my child or put it in context for them. Now, am I going to go out and mm -hmm. buy my kids the most violent games at four? No. But if they end up right. playing them at someone's house or they want to play them because right. I'm playing them, we're going to have the conversation. And I mean, frankly, I was playing pretty violent video games at like eight or nine. Right. And I seem to think I'm a normal person. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. when, when did doom come out? I mean, I was playing doom whenever it released and yeah, I, 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 I wasn't like a teenager. Classic grade. Yeah. Uh, like fourth. Yeah. I was playing grade, uh, maybe? Wolfenstein. When, when was was, uh, yeah. Wolfenstein. Right. Doom, very similar shooters. Yeah. And, and there's blood. And, and so and I look at stuff. I look at those and I go, I didn't turn out terribly, but I also remember playing, uh, um, there was this castle game on our computer five and a quarter floppy you put it in you turned it on and it was math based and it was add or subtract or multiply or divide and that was the only way you could navigate the castle and defeat the guys and get to the ascii treasure and yeah. man i killed that game i love that thing <laughs> i was so bad at that game exactly <laughs> oh you played it too i was you know terrible what's, at it. yeah i love that game i've looked it up on the dos emulator on like the all dos apps or whatever it is and gone to i yeah. and played it i'm like it's so simple 
there was a game called Free Ski. I think it was called Free Ski, where you're like skiing down this mountain and you're avoiding these yeah. obstacles. And then this one Yeti monster guy comes out of nowhere and chases you down and eats you. Yeah, and I remember you get going too far. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I remember yeah. that like freaked me out. And I was actually just on YouTube a couple <laughs> days ago, just like I remember that game. Let me see that. And like, there's like footage of it. I'm like, man, that brought back some memories. But uh, I mean, my take on this is, you know, there uh, to Ben's point, like when he started off talking, like there are like the two sides of this right you've got like the one like study part of it where like yeah there are behavioral developmental things that that can happen and there are studies that have shown that and i and i read them on the youtube channel uh and one of the comments or a couple of the comments are just like we're basically just kind of like i wish you would have done a more unbiased uh take on this you really went like anti-video game and i want to be clear that was an edited version. Oh man, the blue light behind me went off. If you're watching on YouTube, the blue light died. Then whatever. <laughs> anyway, his, his that's so sad. The vibe is off. Him. The vibe is off. <laughs> anyway, I enjoy playing video games with my son because the way we go about it in our in our families, it's actually a moment for us to bond. Now we don't do this for hours and hours at a time, but Henry and I will play Mario Kart quite a bit. And it's really fun. Very uh, Lately, I've been playing Hogwarts Legacy, which has been super fun. Uh, and I actually just made a video of, of it today. Henry and Colin are running around the house with pencils in their hands. And they're like yelling at each other, casting spells at each other. They got book bags. And it's just like a really fun way that it's like engage their imagination. Uh, and, you know, there are some pretty tense moments in that game where there's there's some hard battling and spell casting and stuff like that, but I don't think it's like really negatively impacting them or, or, uh, you know, molding them into like violent beings who are just like, you know what? I want to avada cadaver someone in real life, you know, like it's, um, <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> I, it's, uh, I, I think for us, the, the element of video games and, 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 and screen time has been, um, uh, there's been a lot of learning, a lot of bonding, uh, and it's been fun for us as a family, but we do monitor it because there are noticeable like behavioral changes when we, uh, because we, we uh, Henry has a switch, right? We got him a switch for Christmas. And sometimes, you know, when we're like, we give him the switch, we let him play, you know, Mario Kart or whatever, just for a little bit. When he's done playing that game, we're like, Hey, it's time to quit. We got to go eat dinner or something like that. The moment the thing turns off, you can tell that this kid is super just like grumpy, angry about like seemingly not like what have, nothing's happened to you other than the game's off. But you can tell there's just like a big demeanor shift. And then when that happens, it's it's something that we definitely have to talk about. So now, you know, every time I give him the switch, it's just like, OK, after the, after the switch is done, we're not going to be. And then he says grumpy. He's like, yeah, we're not going to be grumpy. Right. <laughs> so like it, we have to like prime well, him being like, listen, it's this is, the dope. Exactly. Movie. It is. It is a, right. A, a, there's a there's that dopamine big hit. dopamine hit that comes from the fake success of a video game. Yeah, and when and, it and goes away, you get depressed, and you're like, oh. I mean, we yeah. do it as adults, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, the same and, thing happens with our son when he watches movies. When the movie's over, you know, if we or if we have to stop the movie before it's finished, he gets cranky, and it's you know we have to set the expectation before we even start. Like, okay, we have 15 minutes to watch part of this movie, but like it's going off in 15 minutes. Um, you know, it doesn't stop him from being upset, but, um, you know, as you said, there are sort of noticeable behavior changes that happen with, with any of the screen time. Yeah. And that's, that's, a, that's a tough well, thing to navigate, but it is something that, you know, we, we do keep in check, but yeah, we don't like t totally say like no video games ever. We're just kind of not 
that time because we enjoy it. It is a part of our family. And there's also the social element because now he's going to school and a lot of the kids that he goes to school with all like have older siblings and they're all playing like Super Smash Brothers or whatever. So there's also the element of like, I don't want him to be left out. I want him to be good. If he goes to a friend's house, like I need him to perform optimally so that he can, he has the, <laughs> he has the bragging rights. Like you need to... <laughs> Gotta be able to win. He can't be the kid who's always losing at Smash Brothers, but he can't win every time. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I joked about it with Ben in the last episode, though. I was like, "Listen, man, to de-incentivize him from ever like wanting video games." I'm like, "Listen, it's either." You do this to be an esports athlete, right? Full, like sponsored athlete, or you don't do this at all, right? You got to make it. You got to make it to the top. Go bigger, go home. Of this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it gets to the point where he's just like, "No, I don't like doing this." I'm like, what? You don't want to train for Smash right now? Pick Kirby. Let's go. You know. Or if Henry came up to me and said, "I want to be an esports athlete," I would be like, totally fine with that. I wouldn't dismiss that. I think that I think a lot. You know, when people hear that, there's like they give pause to it. They're very dismissive. I mean, if your kid wanted to be an e- esports athlete, what would you say? You better go get a degree in computer science first. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, have a backup let's, plan. Yeah, like, let's be fair, right? It's, I would argue that esports has a longer life longevity than something like being in the NFL, right? Oh, well, yeah. But, <laughs> but no, just your skill set could last a right. little longer, right? For but sure. The number of positions is significantly smaller. Like, if your mm. goal is world renowned, League of Legends player, that's great. Ten years from now, League of Legends won't be a thing. You're going to have to learn a new yep. game, right? Like, yeah, exactly. At some point, you need to have the the equivalent of a car dealership available for you, right? Um, mm-hmm. To to have an income, and that's all right. Go do it. But at some point, you do have to have realistic expectations. Does that? Maybe yeah. I'm being da- daddy downer. But no, I, I think I, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I think it makes a lot of sense. It's it's having it's having the right perspective on it, right? That there's this sort of evolving skill set that that needs to happen in order to make that a career. And I think, you know, I hate to say this, but even with like knowledge work, like we're seeing that shift just with AI. Like we're all having to look at, you know, anybody that's got a nine to five right now is having to look at their skill set and say like, okay, how do I evolve this for the future? Because right. um, yeah. my my current role may not always be there, um, just as you would encourage your kids, you know, to to probably do the same thing. Um, and I do want to I do want to go back to one point, um, Andrew, that you made about the study where kids were playing violent video games that didn't necessarily turn out violent, mm-hmm. right? And I think uh, um, this is another point you made about you know playing Mario Kart with your kids um, is so much of what happens with the context of those games is directly related or attributable to the environment in which those kids are raised. Right. So for example, when we talked about the, the house of highlights and and seeing that kid play call of duty, it's like the assumption is this kid is so good at it because he never does anything else. Now, I don't know what his home environment is like. Maybe that's just something they enjoy as a family. He happens to be really good at it and he's got a great, you know, very well balanced home life. Maybe he doesn't, maybe that's their, you know, babysitter. Yeah. We're Um, judging based on a very small window. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very small snippet, but I think it's really important to, you know, not necessarily vilify any one thing based on, you know, based on a study, right? Again, because studies are about optimal, um, optimal development. It's, you know, generally kind of an all or nothing view and not necessarily kind of in my 
experience sort of real world. Um, it's about like, you know, looking at one very small facet of, of a child's development. And so if my kid's going to play video games, I think, um, you know, it was really important that, that we uh, talked about earlier, setting the context and then opening yourself up for those conversations. So let's say you do run across something that is objectionable or questionable, or your kids don't understand that's parenting. Like that's, that's the hard part of parenting is like explaining that to your kids and saying, okay, this is what that means. This is what we believe as a family, like talk to me about how that made you feel. And like, that's the down and dirty, like kind of nitty gritty of parenting that I feel like a lot of people dismiss as not being important or, or they will shield their kids from it so much that they never have to have those conversations. And that's just not the real world. Well, you, I mean, the kids that end up shielded, you end up with other problems longer, right? I mean, we mm-hmm. all knew that person in college who their mm-hmm. parents shielded them their whole life. And then the first chance they got, crazy. they were binge drinking freshmen. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, whoa, slow down. It's like, true. you're not going to be okay if you don't. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm only 18. Moderate. I don't know how to help you, but you can't drink half the keg tonight. Like, that's not <laughs> physically possible and it will hurt in the morning, right? Um, those kids... No, but I, a lot of that behavior shows up from mm-hmm. what I would call early intervention and, and the openness of the conversations, right? right? I mean, I'm I'm sure your parents both had the, like, are you doing drugs conversation with you? Because I remember <laughs> the day dad had it with me because, yep. right? I was, so in high school, I drew a lot. Yeah. And I like to draw with Sharpies. So I would like out, I would sketch and then I would outline it in black Sharpie and then I would color it in in black, in colored Sharpie. So at one point in my high school career, I had like 12 Sharpies just hanging out of a pocket. And basically it was a, are you huffing? Like, yeah. <laughs> are you sniffing those markers? Right. And it's like, no, dad, I'm drawing. Yeah. And that is the end of me <laughs> drawing, I guess. Drawing. I'm not going to be an artist anymore. Um, <laughs> right. But it was, we got to have the conversation. Um, yeah. And to, to Ben's point, I think that's a big part of it, right? You have to have the conversation and be willing to address the conversation. I would argue there is no content that is inappropriate for a child. You just have to have the contextual conversation afterwards. Right. Yeah. And, and they either won't understand it because they're not old enough. They don't have the intellectual mm-hmm. ability to understand it. Or two, they will grasp it. But not having the conversation is probably the most dangerous part of that yeah. environment. Well, it's, you I know, agree. you don't set the context. You don't set the, the guidelines, the understanding, the expectations of, like, if you interact with this type of media yeah. or thing, this is what I expect of you. And I think that's, you know, my wife and I had the conversation the other day about, like, you know, kids and drinking, um, the, the kids that end up drinking or, or hiding it from their parents. It's like, they're the ones that know that if they were to get caught, they're going to get just punished and punished and punished and probably a little bit unfairly for a mistake that may not be that serious, but then going hidden can create very serious mistakes. Um, so, you know, it's, we kind of talked about it like, all right, if my kid calls me at three in the morning and says they've been out partying, am I going to be angry that they were out partying or am I going to be grateful that they trusted me enough to call me to know that they weren't okay to get home and I can go get them and then know, okay, you're safe. We can have this conversation tomorrow versus you got in the car with somebody 
And now we're in a totally different situation. That's actually like my hope and dream as a parent is to be the parent who's cool enough that all the kids' friends 100%. will call him. I yeah. can go get the kids, make sure they're safe, yep. deal with the other parents, and then be like, look, this give it 48 hours. Yeah. We'll have the conversation <laughs> yeah. with the kids, right? That's... But frankly, they're not in jail. They're not in the hospital. They're just in my house hungover. Let's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah right? I think that's like... something that a lot of people might not realize, but like, honestly, that 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 would be really like peak success as a dad. Like if your kid was comfortable enough to come, like to come to you and open up about that, building that up, man. Like I, I, I hope I'm doing things right right now because I would love to be able to foster that kind of relationship with, with my sons and and my daughter. Cause that's, um, I feel like that's the moment when you, when you can just say success, right? Like (laughs) your 16 year old calls you drunk from the party to go pick them up. Like I did it. Is it, I'm, I'm the man. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, am I super happy that they're drinking at a party? But like, right. no, but yeah. at the end of the Made day, it's like, choice, you know what? It it probably it probably happened to like us at some point in our lives where like we were, you know, doing something we should have been doing. Right. Um, and you know, we all have to story. not expect your kids to do that at some point too. I think is unrealistic. And again, know, it's it's yeah. setting context, it's building trust, and that starts at such an early age. And it can start with something as simple as you know, discussing some of these difficult topics, like what happens in a video game. Okay. Ben found a a good article. The headline for this article is kids, cannabis edibles exposure grows by 1,300% in just five years. Reports of children exposed to cannabis after accidentally eating an edible are rising. According to a new study in the journal pediatrics. Uh, I I think one thing that like, uh, that was kind of outlined in the article or, uh, a lot of these edibles, they kind of look like just regular fruit gummy snacks that you might find anywhere else mm-hmm. and kids get a hold of it. And they experienced uh, some pretty intense symptoms uh, on a much deeper level than adults would have. And I'm just going to go ahead and quote this um, in the article. Kids are more likely to experience problem signs given their lower body weight, such as vomiting, dizziness, difficulty walking, uh, a rapid heart rate. Uh, drowsiness, confusion, uh, breathing difficulties. In our area, Dallas-Fort Worth area, this is a thing that just happened recently where in a preschool, a local preschool, a bunch of kids got into one of the teacher's like purses or bags or whatever, and they found Uh-oh. gummies. And I think it was like three or four of them, three kids, they just like, and kids don't eat gummies one at a time. If you give my kids Welsh, like a little packet of Welsh's gummies, they fist the whole thing into their mouth. Like it's all of it. So that's exactly what they did to this teacher stash. And the, and then there were like reports of like these kids like hyperventilating. It was like this bad situation. Uh, uh, ambulances had to come and obviously teacher was fired. Yeah, this is a, uh, 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 and that this so just they, happened. A few they experienced, they experienced what that one friend you had in college went through when they when they did it for the first time and they thought they yeah. were dying like that's yeah. exactly it you're like no man yeah. just calm down just breathe yeah. it's okay as a four-year-old three-year-old that's i mean i can't imagine what that's like but yeah this is a oh. this is something that we're seeing more more commonly but i think it, you know it's it's obviously less of a problem with kids and it's more of an issue with uh us as parents or caretakers Adults. or what have yeah. you yeah, it's, it's an adult issue. Like, listen, I have no problem if you want to do gummy. Like, who cares? Like, do whatever you do. But, like, be smart. It's the same thing with guns. You know, like, if if, if you're a gun-toting family, yeah. like, 
you got to be smart of how you store where you put things and and where the where the stuff is readily available you know it's uh I don't know. I, I think it kind of just boils down to a bit of common sense. What do you guys think? The, the correlation for me was alcohol, right? Yeah. I mean, this this is very much a why are we treating gummies, edibles, marijuana any differently than we treat alcohol? And yeah. why are the adults who are using these products treating it differently than alcohol? It just it baffles me that people think it's okay that just because it comes in a little tiny package that you can just throw it in your purse, right? If we saw somebody walking around with 500 milliliter bottles of Jack in their purse every day, we'd kind of be like, excuse me, miss. It might be an issue. That's fine. You're an adult, but you, like at the preschool, really? Like, yeah. And that's what threw me. I was like, why do you need to bring it to a pre? Like, do you you really need it that bad? So that's, yeah, that's. I mean, it's just probably from home. somebody else, and she just like got it at work. I'm gonna guess yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I think you know, I think the issue is, is like you look at this article, and you know, okay, exposure has gone up a thousand percent, right? Yep. I think in the context of legalization, you're looking at things like this happening, right? This is this is one of the the big bumps to legalization that that people who are against it will will jump on and say, look, this is dangerous to kids. Um, you know, as it is more readily available, more people are going to be okay with using things like this. And it's going yeah. to be more prevalent in more homes, which means a greater risk of exposure. And I think right. as you were saying, Andrew, right, like it's an adult problem. It's not a kid problem. And if you aren't properly, you know, storing, you know, your gummies or, or alcohol or whatever it is, and getting it in a place where your kids can't get to it, like that's on you. That's not necessarily yes. on your kids. And and you know, thankfully, most of these kids are coming out of this unscathed, other than the, you know, the the sort of temporary psychological issues. I mean, do do you think? It, I mean, there are no studies to, I, that really show this, but like, do you think there are like longer term effects on this? Oh yeah, you think so? I, I wholeheartedly I, believe there are long term side effects of marijuana use. In whatever form. And I only say that because I know guys in high school who are completely different now. And it's oh, yeah. just mm-hmm. 10 years later, right? Like, and and they just didn't curb their enthusiasm for, <laughs> to quote, what's his name? Um, <laughs> and they're, they are completely different people. I just want to preface this real quick. So, like, anyone listening, uh, so, like, what we're talking about now, you know, this this now becomes kind of more of like a, an opinion oriented thing, right? There's no studies or, or anything like that. We're referencing in and have opinion. different takes here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, this could be a much deeper, big, deeper dive, but uh, at the core of it, um, it is concerning that there's such an insanely high spike. Uh, and that's on us as parents. We really do need to be more diligent with, I don't know. What was the whole Tide Pod issue? Weren't there like kids like eating Tide Pods just, or was that because it was a challenge? It wasn't because uh, it was a stupid internet like meme. It was like, an internet, internet trend, chat. Right? But yes, yeah. there were kids eating Tide Pods, and then they had to be like locked up behind, you know, the the anti theft plastic at the store because kids yeah. were just doing stuff stupid stuff they saw on the internet. Um, you know, this one this one I think is a challenge, right? Though it's it's so much of this is on the parents and their level of responsibility for something that that can realistically be dangerous to you know a child that is a tenth of your your body weight 
Uh, yeah. You know, it really isn't something they should be exposed to because it's like something that's designed for, you know, 150 to 200 pound adult is not something that's designed for a 20 pound toddler. Um, you know, it's going to have a much more intense yeah. effect on them. Um, and as you said, Andrew, I mean, kind of the long lasting psychological effects, like, I mean, we as adults would not know what that experience would look like, what that sort of concentration level would look like in yeah. a child. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know what that's doing to them, you know, mentally, what their experiences, mm -hmm. like what that feels like, um, you know, is it, is it giving them, you know, some people report like a sense of doom sometimes, right? Um, you know, right. is that giving this child like an overwhelming sense of dread um, that, that they don't understand, they can't work through, they already don't know how to manage their, their emotions, um, mm -hmm. and then they're feeling something that's incredibly intense. I mean, that's that's got to have um, a long-lasting effect. And, and as you said, you know, seeing folks who, who don't, uh, you know, use in, in moderation or maybe with a, a sort of different sort of mindset. You know, it's the same thing with alcohol. People who don't use in moderation, like ends up in, with all kinds of issues. People who don't use cannabis products in moderation can end up with all kinds of issues. So, um, you know, while we don't know the long-term effects, I'm sure there, there have to be some in there that we're unaware of. And one, one thing that it felt like the article kind of, and uh, uh, frankly, a lot of people seem to kind of dismiss is just like, oh, these are just effects and they last for 24 to 36 or whatever, whatever. But I don't like these are these products are like made with different potency levels uh, and they're made mm -hmm. from just like made for people. No, like, no, there's, we don't there's know where no these standards. things are coming from. Yeah. No, there's no, right. no. Yeah, there's no. And standard. that's the thing that like, it, like I mean, alcohol has a standards board, whereas right now cannabis doesn't have a standards board. I mean, something could happen to a child if they ingest it enough and just, you know, rockets their heart rate to, to a point where it can't be brought down. Like, I think there could be some like very severe consequences to what could potentially happen. Uh, and I feel like with this conversation, uh, it, it see, when I've, when I've heard this, it just seems to kind of graze that fact. Like, oh, it's just, you know, side effects for, you know, for a day or something like that. But I don't know. I keep going back in my head. Like it could be a lot more serious than that. You can get edibles, right? We can get, yeah. um, medical, medical marijuana, cannabis, chewies, whatever phrase you want to use. But we're not treating them like prescriptions, right? And I understand that certain states have made recreational use possible and and that changes the dynamic. But in the states where they are prescriptions, like they should be treated like medication, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I don't think I don't think the culture is set up to think of marijuana as a prescription substance at this point. Mm -hmm. And it will probably be very hard to mm -hmm. get there. Well, how, how much money has been spent to keep it from being thought of as a medicinal substance and more of as, right. you know, a, a party thing or something not to be taken seriously. Right. And so then it becomes, I mean, exactly like what you're saying, right? Then it becomes, oh, it's just, it's not harmful because then to counteract that you kind of have to go the other way. So whether you're, you know, for or against the for side has to kind of look at it as, and not all folks, but like, you know. I think in the mainstream, you're looking at it. It's not dangerous. It's not a big deal. It's, yeah, you know, right. something everybody could enjoy. And like, it's not really a problem. And then, you know, the again side is it's a gateway. It's bad. It's terrible. It's like, you know, the worst thing in the world, but there's no talk if, of responsible if, usage, responsible right. moderation, um, you know, responsible storage. Right. 
Well, I mean, in, and even in this day and age, knowing if you, there's absolutely no reason everybody can't go to the doctor and find out if they are predisposed to addiction in their genetics, mm. right? Yeah. And mm. that little piece of knowledge right there can give you a whole ton of information about which substances maybe you should avoid, which substance you should be more apparent of, right? When That's you're, so interesting. I never actually really thought about that. Like, yeah, you can. Yeah. There is a genetic component to addiction. We've discovered it. Like, go figure out if you're one of those people and then decide, right? Or if your what, kids are those people. What right? is the process to do that? It's like a 23andMe test? Like, what is that? Like, how, how do you kind of learn more? I'm 90% sure that it's, it's on my 23andMe. I can check. Hold on. You, you guys yeah. talk about well, something else. I'll let you uh, know uh, in a second. On that, I'm, I'm, no, okay. So <laughs> I, I don't want this conversation to just be like marijuana bad. Oh no, it's great. You know, like because I mean, it, it all just no. like, kind of depends on the context, right? And, and everyone yeah. has a, is going to have a different take on this. But uh, have you guys heard of the case of uh, Charlotte Figgy? No, Charlotte no, Figgy is a girl who, a child who experienced seizures. Big medicine. They tried to do everything possible, uh, and nothing was working until they were able to use marijuana as a way to help with her seizures. And it literally changed her life. Yeah. And there's a study, if you don't mind, I'm just going to read a, a, a quick bit of the extra, uh, the abstract right here. Epilepsy is a chronic disease character. Okay. Well, I'm not going to dive into that part right here, but it, uh, <laughs> it goes on to say that, sorry, overall cannabis herbal extracts appear to provide greater efficacy and decreasing seizure frequency, but the studies assessing cannabis herbal extract are either uh, retrospective or small scale, ob uh, small scale observational studies. The two large randomized controlled studies assessing the efficacy of pharmaceutical grade CBD in children with Dravet and Lennox Gastaut syndromes showed similar efficacy to other anticonvulsants. Lack of data recording uh, regarding appropriate dosing in pediatric pharma, uh, big word. <laughs> uh, treatment resistant epilepsy, uh, epilepsy challenging anyway the point is more studies need to be sh um, need to be conducted on this but cannabis in the treatment of epilepsy uh, of epilepsy with children there's a positive trend going on right there so you know that's not something that you want to like rule out yeah. all automatically like we would never do marijuana like there's right. there are some positive life-changing effects that could happen mm -hmm. uh you know, if, if, if it's used, you know, within the right context. Right. So that, that's, that's different from ingesting gummies, you know, a fistful of gummies. Like right. obviously it's, it's very right. different conversation, yeah, but gummies um, for a good again, time or like stopping your kid from having seizures or, or exactly, you know, exactly. obviously two different things. But I think that get back, gets back to the idea that, you know, you've had this idea for so long that there is no value in it. Um, and that's been pushed as a narrative. So then, you know, it becomes something that, either because it's low or no value, it's seen as something that's not a big deal. Therefore, it's something that doesn't need to be, um, you know, in our mind as a society, well, you know, we don't really need to protect it. They're just gummies. It's not really a big deal. Um, but as you said, Andrew, like if we are going to see it uh, and use it as a medication to treat ailments, then, you know, maybe that's something that we should, that's how we should treat it in our households, right? I'm not going to leave, you know, a bunch of high strength pain meds just sitting out where my two-year-old can get to it. Just the same as I should not leave, you know, edibles sitting out where my two-year-old can get to them. Well, there's 12 different genes, according to 23andMe, that, that count towards addiction. And it was published by the uh, Journal of American Psychiatry. 
um, looking at alcoholism. And so they identified, which you cannot test for it. Like there's not a uh, specific marker that 23andMe will give you, mm. but I'm sure your doctor can look it up and give you a genetic scan and tell you if you have them. If you want to go that rabbit hole. They I told me whether or not my kid was a girl via my wife's blood. I feel like we can get these numbers. That's still the wildest thing. The <laughs> right? early on That's... genetic test where they just tell you yeah. if you have the marker, you're having the a sneak girl or peak. a boy. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, you I want, think the sneak peek you can do it at like seven weeks, six weeks even, maybe six or seven weeks, and it's like a hundred bucks or something like that. And it's yeah, yeah it's crazy yeah. how far we've come as opposed to waiting for the anatomy scan at twenty some odd weeks. Right. Uh, so it's it's fascinating. That's cool, man. I um, that's not something that I really like thought about, but that's that's really cool. That's something that I'm kind of intrigued with. If you guys have any parting thoughts, um, uh, let me know. But if not, we can move on to the next topic. The only thought I have on this one is um, in Chile, it is commonplace for miners to take cocoa buds and chew them. And it's the root of cocaine. And they chew them as a stimulant. Yeah. Um, And while they do get addicted, there are very few adverse side effects because it is not the refined cocaine that we're aware of. It's the raw uh, stimulant. They use it like chewing tobacco. That's like a very common thing in a lot of cultures, though. Like a lot yeah. of cultures yeah. have something. Or like I think in uh, in parts big, of like Africa and Somalia, thing. they chew like it's like K H A T, like cat. It's which a very similar thing. It's kind of like yep. a, an herbal thing. They just chew and they get uh, a little right. bit of a well, so buzz I, or whatever. I think we all need to be we need to start acknowledging and be aware that these substances have multiple uses, yes. and what we have done is refined them into things that can be dangerous to ourselves or others, even though in their natural form, they're very useful to us as human beings or as right as creatures. It's when it's man the, touches it's the it. chemistry and the science yeah. that has made it very harmful. I mean, cause let's be fair, right? Um, if you've ever had raw cannabis, it's not delicious. <laughs> Right, like pot brownies aren't good. There's a reason that you shove a bunch of dark chocolate in with all of that grass, right? I mean, you, you can't really eat enough of them to really get in any serious trouble. But as soon as we start refining it, you can get a lot in a one inch yeah. square, and that'd be like four trays of brownies. And yeah. let's be fair, ain't nobody eating four trays of brownies. I mean, once, a lot once of calories started getting into it. Things started getting really, really concentrated. I mean, I think that I think that's a great point. That's really where you're getting into a lot of these issues, right? It's not even just that like kids are eating something in its raw form. It's like they they're eating a gummy that is made with you know stuff that has been distilled down and concentrated to the point where. You know, a full size adult only needs to eat a gummy to get some pretty serious effects. Right. Um, and again, it's unregulated, so you, know, so you don't know what, yeah. how much of yeah. what yeah. is in really there. So it can be. And that's the part that I think is the problem is the, the unregulation of that process mm-hmm. is, is, I think, where we're going to get into trouble. Right. Mm-hmm. You want to grow pot and smoke all the weed you can have at it. I'm, I, I could care less. Right. <laughs> but if you want to refine it, distill it, and then distribute it as a product, Right. Then then we have some danger yeah, questions that I really want to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, um, let's go ahead and move on to this uh, to our final topic here. And it's uh, going to be more of an experiential thing. And it's what has been the biggest change, the single biggest change that you've felt 
uh, ever since becoming a parent. Like the big shift from, you know, my life as a, you know, just me and my, my, my wife uh, to, oh, now we have a kid. What's kind of been one of the biggest changes that you guys have experienced? Ben, let's start with you. Well, for you, what do you think that is? So I was I was thinking about this when we were kind of chatting about this over text message earlier today about, you know, what was I going to say? And, you know, was I going to talk about, you know, gratitude or this, that, or the other? Um, I think one of the biggest changes that I've made from, from just kind of a mental shift is the importance that I place on my own self-development. Um, and this is, you know, I think you kind of go one of two ways when you're a parent, right? You can either focus everything in on your kid and their development, or you can step back and say, and, and this is where I realize, especially talking with my son as as he gets older, I'm starting to realize he's essentially a tiny mirror. So anything that, especially at this age, he repeats so much of what I say. He, re, he repeats the behaviors that I exhibit, the way I speak with people, the way I talk about myself, um, the way I address and treat my wife um, is, you know, are things that he's going to pick up on, the way I dress and treat others. All of those little sort of intangible things that I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily saying them to him, um, but I'm providing an example have led me to the sort of core fundamental belief that my goal should be to be the absolute best version of myself in as many ways as possible and know that I'm not going to get it right a hundred percent of the time and know how to address that and talk through it. And, you know, when I make a mistake, how do I talk about that with my kid? Um, but the biggest change, like I said, has been, you know, you want to be the best version of yourself because I want to be the best version of myself for them, um, to provide that example. So that, that's been the biggest change for me personally. That's awesome, man. And our Andrew, what about, and, and by the way, this is, um, this is uh, for a, a lot of our audience who are new dads. I hope that this is a good segment for you to just kind of like, you know, uh, set your expectations just a little bit, you know, of, of kind of what to expect, um, and, and, you know, hopefully you can, you can glean a little bit of insight here, but, uh, that was Ben. Andrew, what about you, man? Well, I'm just gonna say Ben did not help mine at all with his, <laughs> his rousing stir to be the best dad ever. Um, <laughs> mine is fear. I am mm -hmm. by far a lot more afraid or scared or whatever anxious mm. as a person now that I'm a dad um, yeah. than I have ever been in my entire life. Like mm. I, I never used to consider what the person in front of me was doing on the highway and whether or not it was going to affect me. My logic was always, I'm in a tank. I'll hit them. I have insurance. Let's move on. Right. <laughs> and now it's like, um, you're, um, no, get off your phone. Like, what are you, <laughs> you can't just cut across three lanes. Like yeah. the, there's just, and I don't even have the kid in the car, right? I'm just going with, <laughs> if you kill me, I'm going to be pissed and I'm haunting you. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like it's, it's that. And there's this weird underlying fear that I know all parents talk about and you, it, it, right. You don't understand it until you have kids and they're right. You don't understand it until you have kids, but 
Yeah. I have never been more afraid in my life than I have at three in the morning shooting straight up in bed going, is she breathing? And it's like, I don't even have a reason to have that fear. Like Uh there is no alarm going off. There is no dog barking. There is no, I'm just awake and I'm anxious. Dude, (laughs) has your uh, your daughter given you that gag sound? Like she's eating, you know, she's feeding herself and she gags on something. Oh man. Nothing gets my heart racing than hearing a child just go like, and I'm like, oh, oh, what is that? (laughs) That's a scary sound. Oh my God, they're dying. So yeah, I love, I love my wife more than anything. Well, that's not true. I don't love her more than my kid, but um, (laughs) I love my wife. But when the two of them are together and I hear that noise, I'm like, I, that is the moment where I'm going, this is it. This is where I'm going to lose my, I'm going to lose it. Or I'm just going to have to like dive down four flights of stairs and give both of them the Heimlich or like (laughs) they are irrational fears. Okay. I understand that, but they are mine and I'm Mm -hmm. dealing with them. I think we should uh, keep note of this for future episodes of, um, you know, which do you love more your wife or your kid? I think that's a, that's a, let's not, let's not get into it right now. I think that's a really good topic for the future because that could be a, a fun one to dive into and our answers might be, uh, might be pretty enlightening, but, uh, Andrew, are you good it for me to, our to wives listen to the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My wife does listen to the podcast. I know that for a fact. She likes to give me constructive feedback after the uh, episodes. So uh, you're not going to be honest when we do that episode. Yeah. I'd be <laughs> like, yeah, I'm conveniently on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> for me. I I would say that the biggest thing for me that I still continue to struggle with it revolves around time. Uh, just even just this morning, right? We were we were getting ready uh, for just for going to church, and and we felt like we were pretty much on time. We had to be there, you know, like noon or eleven. You know, we're we're doing good on time, and all of a sudden, it's just like everything just feels so rushed, and getting everything like uh, in and 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 organized and together, just just like a panic. Uh, and because you have to get the baby stuff and the diapers and the diaper bag ready. And then the kids got to get their shoes on. It's just, you know, it's a whole thing. And, uh, (laughs) and it never used to be like that, but now it's just like, it's so difficult. Uh, but that's just, you know, that's just the getting ready aspect. And there's like the allotment of like time you have balancing work and family. You know, that's another thing that I continue to struggle with, uh, and balancing, you know, uh, fitness goals, uh, but making sure that I, I play with my kids, you know, it's, Time is something that I um, I still don't have a firm grasp on, uh, and I continue to struggle with. And it's 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 a it was probably the biggest lifestyle shift for me. Just being able to um, balance schedules, it's um, it's definitely been hard. <laughs> but I don't know about you guys, and but time and time is like the only non-renewable resource we have, right? Like it's right, right. You true. spend it, and you've got no more of it, and you don't know when it's going to stop. And that, that I think is like what drove kind of my answer too is I I think in that maybe this is part of, maybe this is even a bigger shift. Um, and and this is something I've, I've seen in a lot of dads that I talked to is that until I had a kid, I was not as acutely aware of my own mortality. Mm -hmm. Um, I am very aware that at 35, if on average in the U.S. we're living to what, like 78, somewhere in there, 75, 78, right. So I've got maybe, if I'm lucky, I've got 40 years left, right? 
uh, maybe 50 if, if I'm really, really lucky and happen to stay really healthy. So knowing, I, I think seeing your kid puts that into perspective where you start to see the next generation grow up and you know that like, okay, I am now to the point where my whole job is making sure that the next generation is okay because my generation is sort of moving to the background. Um, and, and I think that, you know, when, especially after the first, like that was the first time I really looked at my life and was like, I, every day I wake up is one step closer to being in the ground, just like everybody else is. Oh, and so what yeah. do I do with that time? And it, it can feel at first it felt really overwhelming. Like it felt like, Oh my God, like I'm dying. Like this really yeah. existential fear. But then it became kind of freeing where it's like, you know what? We're all like, we're all going to the same place, which then means what do I think is important? And the most important thing I think is to spend time with my kids and to make sure I'm setting a good example. And, and that's all I can do is be a good yeah. example for them. And then that, hope it works. I think that you just said like that actually kind of hit me yesterday where like, I like really dwelled on like, yeah, like my mortality and I, I felt like really heavy and it was actually when I was coaching Henry soccer game yesterday and I was just like, geez, look at this kid, man. Like he's, yeah. he's amazing. Like he's, he's having fun. He's just like such a fun, vibrant kid, but he, like he's already at this stage. He's already five. Like he's going to be six, like next, like in a week. It's just so weird how fast it moved. And I was just like every single day, you know, like it feels like a grind. Right. But if you like peel back and just like, look at the macro of just like, dude, I have a good kid, a happy kid. He's, he's healthy. And, mm-hmm. and he loves, he, all he wants to do is hang out with me. Like that's the biggest problem that I have with him. It's like, he just wants too much of my attention. Right. And it, like, he if that's my biggest problem, if that's my biggest problem, like, what a you blessing that is, you know, like yeah. I, you just like get, get yeah. your head out and just like, think about that. Like, dude, y- you yeah. have such a limited time and all they want to do is hang out with you. Like, and, and sometimes when I have these moments of frustration, of just like, man, I just, I just can't with you guys right now. You know, I, I do have that moment of just like, oh, I'm going to die soon. Oh man, this kid's grown up too fast. Oh, and then I, yeah. I just had this like rush of euphoria. I was like, "Let's go wrestle!" And, <laughs> and then I start hanging out. Right. Uh, but um, I, I, I feel those waves more and more and more. And uh, yeah, it hit me yesterday. Uh, and especially as your kids get older, like yeah. every year yeah. that my son has gotten older, I've I've become more aware that I have less and less time with him. Uh, mm-hmm. Not not on a daily basis because we're actively, you know, trying to set ourselves up so that we can spend that time with, with him and with our daughter. Um, but that just overall, like, we just don't have that time. So then when I think about what are my obligations, what are the things I commit to, that's, that is the backdrop by which I'm judging them. So it's like, is it taking away from X, Y, or Z? And then is it worth it? So like, when I'm on my deathbed, am I going to wish that I did this one other thing or, you know, and said yes to more things, or am I going to wish that I said yes to spending more time with my kids and my family? Well, that was a pretty morbid note. to end. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're going to let them back up. We're going to let them right back up with a fun little draft here. (laughs) Let's transition to something fun and poppy. Let's draft our, 
Oh, hold on. I got no, go a good ahead. note for your morbidity. All right. So one of my family members is an actuary. Um, so they do all the like, oh, yeah. when are I people going to die too. for insurance and that kind of stuff? Mm. Uh, the good news is if you can make it to like 73, you're more likely to make it to 90. So there's right. this, there's this the die off chunk around your late sixties, early seventies. And then the next big one is, is your early nineties. Um, that's interesting. Now that doesn't mean people don't die the whole way through, but like in terms of statistically where groups of humans die, it's, it's like forties and fifties, seventies, nineties. So that's good to know. Now I've got that store in the back. Yeah, I know. Right. If If you can, if I can run so on the short end, 20 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, that's what you work for. That's a fitness goal to still there be marathoning go. in 70. There you go. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And I do, I do want to put this in perspective, right? The, the, mm-hmm. the consideration of your own mortality is not to, to just think about your dying all the time. It's to put everything else in perspective in terms of importance of like, yeah. Hey, we're all moving towards dying. So like, do the stuff you want to do, enjoy the things you want to enjoy, and make sure you're making time for those. We're drafting our favorite childhood video games. We'll go snake draft. We'll do guest first, Andrew, and then uh, then we'll we'll go Ben, and then me, and then we'll snake it. So then it'll be me again on the turn, uh, and then uh, and then Ben and Andrew, and right. uh, you people, you good you good people get to vote on that. Who who has who has better taste here? So. We're all we're all '90s kids, right? Andrew's a little bit older than us. Andrew, how old are you? I'm. Uh, I will be 40 this year, so I was okay, born. No, in you're, the you're, I'm, I'm 34. Ben, you're 35. 35. Yep. Yep. So we're all in the same range. So I think we all have same similar. Chunk. We were exposed to similar things, uh, you know, yes. growing up here. So, Andrew, let's start with you, um, then go to Ben. Which first pick? I am gonna first the first video game that I ever got to pick and play myself uh, at a store. And that would oh. be the original Warcraft. Um, oh. The Warcraft the days when World of Warcraft store. is based off of. And, like, I went to a store and I went, Dad, I want that one. And <laughs> he bought it for me. I don't know why. I don't, like, if you think about it in terms of violent video games, makes no sense, but Warcraft. <laughs> right? Hey, yeah. hey. And I would have been under 10. For those of you who are keeping score on the violent video game meter. <laughs> ben, what awesome. you got with your first pick? Uh, first pick is the first game I got with my first system, which happened to be a 16-bit Sega Genesis, the OG. Nice. Um, and that was Sonic the Hedgehog. I spent Classic. hours of my life being terrible at that game. Dude, it's... Uh, I think it's like not even complicated, but I was so bad at it. It's so funny how Sonic was, you know, a Sega property, but now full circle, it's under Nintendo now and Mario and Sonic are in games together. It's, uh, it's interesting because they were such big rivals back in the days of, of Sega versus Nintendo in those, in the nineties. You were either a Sonic kid or a Mario kid. 100%. And I was a Mario Mario kid. kid. So I'm, uh, with my pick, I'm going to go, this is hard because I my first system was a Super Nintendo, an SNES, and the game that I probably put the most time on. I think it's, but then again, I was I, I would say I was more of a, a Nintendo sixty four kid as well. So I, you know what, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna pivot, 
right? I'm making a pivot. I'm going to I'm going to go Mario Kart 64 with my first pick. Uh, just hours and hours of, of fun games, and 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 that's where uh, that's where kids really had had bad language, right? <laughs> this is Mario Kart 64, <laughs> and and uh, lost a couple controllers. And then uh, Mario with, Kart 64. <laughs> yeah, there you go, just smashing. Uh, and then, and then I'm gonna follow it up uh, uh, on the turn here, going into round two. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and pick uh, Goldeneye, kind of the first, you know, big mm. shooter. Goldeneye again, 64, Nintendo 64, uh, just re-released on the Switch. Yup, it, 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 I, I haven't gotten to it yet, but that was, uh, that was pretty fun. That was pretty fun. You want to go full nostalgia and hearing Goldeneye boot up. And you are oh. sitting in your friend's parents' basement with like oh, yeah. a fresh bowl of popcorn and some pizza rolls. <laughs> you got your best uh-huh. buddies next to you, and you're having a sleepover. Oh. And you hear that dunk, dunk, fire up. Cuban Pepsi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so good. Simpler times. Simpler times. Oh, so fun. Back when insurance wasn't a word I knew. Yeah, oh my God. I didn't know. I didn't know about APRs and life insurance. <laughs> out of pocket max, your deductible. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know what out of pockets were. <laughs> oh man! All right, so Ben, round two. Where are you at? Right. I'm up next. Uh, yeah. So round two uh, is gonna be. I got to go. Metal Gear Solid, the Ooh. original, the original yeah. Metal Gear Solid with all the pixelated faces. Um, you know, it was like my first true espionage game. Um, yep. and sincerely enjoyed playing that one. Cause it was so, like, I mean, I kind of had superpowers, but didn't really. And you still had to sneak around. I mean, it was awesome. It was, it was one of the best games. I think it was a, a genre defining game in its time. It was, it was my, my wife's, uh, second cousin. I think it was like the, one of the original voices of, of snake, um, for the video game, or one of the video games, which is which is a really fun little fact. But anyway, I think it's a good pick. Um, Andrew, you're on the turn, so you go uh, round two um, and round three right after. All right, I'm going number two, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on oh, the Nintendo, the side you. scroller that was, was basically impossible. Um, I, love I don't remember game. if it was SNES or NES. I think it was NES. I, 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 there was, I think they had one I'm for sure each. someone on YouTube will correct me, but, but Super Ninja, or Teenage <laughs> Mutant Ninja Turtles, the side scroller, always Leonardo, and always Leonardo, was, dude. Yeah. You want the swords. Always, always Leonardo. Yeah, I don't know. Why I mean, you could throw the, the swords, the size with Raph, but it just wasn't as effective. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what it was. That's what they're called. Size. That's right. That's size. Raphael. Yep. Yeah. Um, All right. That's good. And then right, I got to so pick a third one. one. Yep. Right. Final one. Okay. I'm I'm flipping it all the way to the other end. Um, and I will get a lot of crap for this in the YouTube comments. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm going Cyberpunk 2077. That game Cyberp- is beautiful. It's it's gorgeous. The stories are amazing. The follow-up cartoon on Netflix was well done. Is that the, is that the, the thing with uh, Keanu Reeves? Yeah, it's the game with Keanu Reeves. It came out, it had a ton of glitches, but I tell you what, it was it's one of the few games I've played all the way through in as close to a single sitting as you can get in this day. I got to throw a challenge flag though cuz this is childhood awesome. video games and Cyberpunk is new AF. 
What child video games? What are you, childhood, childhood video like, games? Yeah, like things that you played in your childhood. Like, I mean, <laughs> I wasn't a parent yet. I was still a kid. I'm calling it. <laughs> are you a kid at heart? She wasn't. Call it a childhood. Yeah. I mean, okay. If you want to roll that back, you want to challenge that. I will go. I'd, to the I'd roll Diablo. it back. I, oh, wait, wait. Say the that. The original again? Diablo. The original Diablo. I never got to play that. The game that defined the MMORPG genre as a mm. game. Mm. Battle.net was brand new. You could do four people in a game. You had guilds that were on bad websites. You had to have meetings and like AIM instant messenger to figure out who, which four guys were going to go in for the dungeon. See. See now, now you original Diablo. Yeah, now now you're throwing in the AIM, and I can get behind that. Oh, I'm loving that. <laughs> yep. I mean, if we're if we're rocking back to childhood, I would. Yeah. I was a Blizzard kid, so I had them all. Yeah. Um, we 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 died on StarCraft. My my father would unplug the phone line because we played StarCraft oh, online together so much. Like we'd be in the line. middle of the game, he'd be like, "I have to make a phone call." <laughs> Dude, oh my gosh, the 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 struggle that our kids will never have to deal with about sharing the freaking right. phone lines. Man, right. we don't even have a phone line built into our house anymore. That's that's how different it is. So I am gonna go with a random Sega Genesis game that I remember. I used to rent this from my local like video store back when you could walk in and do like video and video game rentals. Um, back mm-hmm. in my day, um, yeah, <laughs> and. Tell me if you've ever heard of or played this game. Uh, it was called Kid Chameleon. And basically the whole premise of it was you were this like little punk rocker kid. It was like, a, I think it was a side scroller, but you were like this little punk rocker kid and you would get different power ups and the power ups would let you change into like, there was one where you had like a rhino suit and you could smash through walls. And then there's one where you were like a ninja and you could take down like a bunch of the bosses Um, so the whole premise of the game was like, you were this kid, I think you got like sucked into some kind of storyline. And then the idea was you had to use all these different power ups in order to defeat all the different characters in the game and and kind of make your way through each level. But that one was one my like cousin and I used to play constantly. That was like, that was like our, you know, Friday night to Sunday Mm. morning, stay up all Mm. night and play this thing. That sounds like Sega's answer to Mega Man. It probably was. It right? probably yeah, was. a little bit. I'll have huh. to see if I can find a link to it, and I'll throw it in the chat. I'll round out the draft. I mean, there, I could go so many directions here. Age of Empires is a really fun game. Uh, more on the uh, on the uh, PC side of things. Real-time strategy uh, games. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with... Oh, man. I played a lot of NBA Jam on my Super Nintendo as well. That was really fun. Super Mario World, the original. But I think I'm going to go with PlayStation on this one. I'm going to go with Tony Hawk Pro Skater. That really was like a big defining. Like when we would have like sleepovers, we were playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater. The soundtrack was like equally as important. Like I was really into ska music at one point. You know, we'd be like, after this episode of Dragon Ball Z and Jackass, let's play Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Like that was like. It was uh, uh so I, I I think uh I'm gonna round it out with some Tony Hawk Pro Skater. So my picks were uh, Mario Kart, Goldeneye, Tony Hawk. Uh, ben, what were your three picks? Uh, mine was Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, Metal Gear Solid, and Kid Chameleon. I had Warcraft, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you ixnade my good one. So I'm going with Diablo. <laughs> 
Dude, I mean, all these titles on their own sound really, really good. I'm sure other people have different takes. Maybe, I don't know, it's more Final Fantasy or Pokemon, I, which I was like definitely... I feel bad I didn't draft Pokemon. Categories. Well, like Final <laughs> Fantasy VII on the PlayStation, right? Like, that was that game mm, was massive. That one was really Yeah, good. with Cloud. It's, and it was it's, really that good. was a classic. I really like Final Fantasy X, actually. Uh, I love that one. Anyway, guys, this is uh, our longest podcast today, so we're going to go ahead and close things out. Thank you all for watching. If you have any sort of comments on the YouTube channel, go ahead and drop them below. We'd love to hear your thoughts, whether it's on the draft, your thoughts on uh, uh, cannabis or or anything uh, that we've talked about throughout this uh, nice long episode. If you liked having Andrew on, let us know. Give him some love. Uh, for now, we're going to leave it at that, and if we'll you catch you in the me. next one. If you hated him, also drop, <laughs> Don't let him know drop, like. drop a oh, comment on the that. algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> and also, last thing, uh, we also do uh, appreciate reviews. We haven't really been mentioning them that much, uh, uh, but uh, reviews do help this this uh, this podcast grow. We we love to have more dads discover it, and it's been fun to to, to make this and, and grow. This only five episodes in, but we hope to have many more. So uh, please, we'd appreciate a five star review if you have the time to do that. Whether it's uh, through Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to. Anyway, thank you guys for watching this or listening to this, and we'll catch you in the next one. Peace.